I really encourage people listening that that idea of perfection is BS, right? Done will always be better than perfect. And ready is a lie. You're never going to be ready for it. It's never going to come out exactly the way you want. And that's the actual magic because the mistakes and, and the messiness is what will lead you to those right people that appreciate you and honor you. I don't want to be around people that want to be perfect. Those aren't, that was the lady who fired me. She always wanted to pretend as though she was perfect. Want to pretend as though there was never a problem, never a mess. Those aren't my people. When you start showing up as that real messy version of yourself, you start attracting those right people towards you. And then you feel even better about who you really are. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, be it, babe. I'm, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it, actually. I've been wanting to have this woman on this podcast for a really long time. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've actually heard me mention, I'm going to have Heather Monahan on the show. So here she is, Heather Monahan. She is the podcast host of Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. She is an author. You'll hear about those books as we get to um, talking. And she really is a wealth of knowledge. And for my mom is out there, I really loved how she answered um, how to balance, like being a mom and like doing all these amazing things. So I can't wait for you to dive into this interview with her and hear these things. And you know, I love that action item. I love a be it action item, but I actually do love these. And I think they'll be really easy for you to remember and to use in your life. And then as always, please make sure you tag Heather Monahan and us so that we can know what your takeaways are, what you're working on, how you're being it till you see it. So here is Heather Monahan. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food in your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it, babe. I'm really stoked about this. I heard this woman's voice through Kathy Heller's podcast while I was driving through the desert and my phone was dying and I did not actually have directions to the hotel I was going, but I was like, I cannot turn this phone off because I was loving all of her words. And the quote, the words she said that stuck with me, I repeated over and over again, were don't take a no from someone who can't give you a yes. And I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> I'm going to pull over and I'm going to literally download everything she has. And I have been enjoying listening to her and I'm so excited to have her on. Heather Monahan. thank you so much for being here. Please tell everyone who you are and what you're up to these days. Sure. Thanks for having me. So my background is in sales and sales leadership. I was in the media industry for over 20 years. 
And three weeks after I was named one of the most influential women in radio, I was fired when the CEO I had worked for became ill and elevated his daughter to replace him. That was now five years ago. So I took that opportunity to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator. And then I Googled how do you sell books? And that led me to my speaking career, which I was just named top 50 keynote speaker in the world for 2022, which was super exciting. And then um, last year, I wrote my second book, Overcome Your Villains with HarperCollins Leadership, uh, which came out in November. And in 2019, I launched my podcast, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. I mean, so many amazing things. And I think some people are listening going, okay, how did you do all of that? Because it's like five years is actually not that long a time. But I just want to highlight, look what you can do in five years. <laughs> like, look at all of those things. Um, so, you know, you had this amazing career, obviously award-winning career, and then it just stopped short. What was, did you have this inkling that someday you would do something different? Did you always think you'd be a keynote speaker in this confidence realm? Like what was kind of, how did you get there? No, I had no idea. You know, so often in life we're told, Hey, this is what you're good at because you're showing up and doing a good job. So I just, you know, I was always told I was great in sales. I was great in sales leadership. I just thought that's what I was destined to do. The next potential move for me would be to take the CEO position, which I had pitched myself for many times. And I figured I'll probably run this company or I'll run a competitor to this company. That's sort of in the back of my mind, what I thought those logical next steps were. I never thought about that idea of, oh, what if I just blow up everything that I've been doing and completely reinvent myself? No, I was, you know, walking that path, you know, that corporate America path, like what's the next move up, next move up. And I had been doing that for over 20 years. So it just, it never even crossed my mind that I would be doing what I'm actually doing today. Never came to me. Mm. So, you know, day after you're fired, you're trying to figure out what to do next. Were you looking for jobs in the corporate world or did you think now I'm going to, now's the time I'm going to just go see where the world takes me. I mean, I'm thinking about this because so many people will find themselves, either they found themselves there in that way in 2020 when the world just stopped and, and now the world's back. And I think a lot of people are going back to what felt safe. And I'm just wondering how you got out of that safety net. Well, I was pushed, right? Because number one, I was fired. But number two, what a lot of people don't realize is I had a non-compete. So even though I was fired, I had to leave the industry that I had 20 plus years expertise in. So for 18 months, I could not compete in the media advertising sales arena. If I wanted to be a sales leader somewhere or chief revenue officer, I'd have to go to the aviation business or the hotel, something that I knew nothing about, right? So I'd have to start over as a beginner. And that was a legally bound contract, right? So that was something I had to honor. And for me, I just thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to go start over as a rookie and a beginner somewhere, which but that were, that's my options at this point, right? I've got to start over somewhere brand new, not knowing what I'm doing. I thought, well, I might as well roll the dice on me first and see how that pans out and see what that looks like. You know, I had a little bit of runway. I, I had saved some money and I just thought, okay, if, I, if I'm going to do this and, and start over, you know, from scratch, why don't I try just to double down on me and see what happens? So at first it was just like this kind of out of left field idea and possibility of what if, and let's see, let, let's see where it takes me. Mm, I actually really love that. I, um, I resonate so much with like doubling down on yourself. And I think if you can't bet on you, then like, really, you have not a lot of people to bet on because, and I think a lot of people instead bet on others. <laughs> was that something that you always knew that you could bet on yourself or what were the signs that you kind of knew that, or was that how you're raised? You know, 
I believe that confidence is something that ebbs and flows, changes in different situations. So when you ask me that question, you know, you're what you're basically saying to me is, you know, did I always find that confidence from within? That's what I'm hearing you mm-hmm. say. And for me, no, there were times I did find it, right? So I had found a lot of success in business at a very early age, in my early 20s. And so I felt very confident about myself in work, in media, in sales leadership. I knew I was really good at that. So I I truly felt confident when I was working. But then in my personal relationships, I didn't feel confident at all. You know, in different scenarios, I wasn't confident at all. So it was sort of this thing that at different times, I would say, oh, yeah, I moved to Saginaw, Michigan to become an equity partner in my early 20s. I felt really secure and confident in me you know, very concerned about those situations outside of me and what was going to happen there. Right. So it's just, it's not a static thing that I can point Mm -hmm. to say, oh, I was raised, you know, I had a very difficult upbringing and grew up very poor. And that just gave me this amazing gift to be confident for the rest of my life. No, that's, that's not true. And I truly don't believe anyone is confident in every situation. And, and, you know, it's just static for them. I, I just don't think that's real. Anytime you step into something new, anytime you reinvent yourself, anytime you enter a new relationship, right? There's always going to be some level of, oh, what if this or, you know, self-doubt this. And that's just part of the growth process. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Oh, my goodness. Because I, I think so many people think it must be easy for her. Of course, she was fired and she just like was able to go off of her like or, you know, they look and like. For example, for a lot of people, they saw in the pandemic, we did move to um, to Vegas and they're like, oh, wow, you had all this together. You like knew what you're doing. No clues, <laughs> no idea. Just knew I could like count on myself to figure it out. Like I was like, I'll know I'll do this. I know I can do that. But I do think a lot of people wait and hold themselves back because they think that they don't have something that for all of us who they think have it, it's an, it's a, it's an ebb and flow thing. It's not in every we're not we're not perfectly confident in every area. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Um, I know you're a big fan of kind of taking messy action and, and going for things. Was that was that something soon from, from the after the firing or were you kind of like that even in your corporate career? No, I've been like that my whole life. I, I just I'm definitely taking action is not hard for me. Now, certain people just gravitate towards certain things. I used to call me a bull in a china shop when I was early <laughs> on in my sales career because that was sort of the way I, I just, I gravitated easily to that. Oh, I'll just go in and try that. I might blow it and make a mess and have a disaster and someone else is going to have to clean it up and they're not going to be happy about it. But to me, I think, well, it's worth trying, you know, let's just go for it. That's always kind of been my philosophy. I've never been that person that says, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm paralyzed by this has to be so perfect. A great example of that is my first book. I had no idea how to write a book, right? I, there's three errors in my first book. And I've had so many people point that out to me and it makes me laugh. I think it's hilarious. I'm super proud of those errors. And here's why I will never be the person on her deathbed saying I had this amazing book within me, this legacy that I could have left behind, but I couldn't get it perfect. So I didn't do it. Instead, I get to be the girl that shows up and says, I had this amazing book inside of me and I couldn't get it perfect. I had three mistakes. But I will tell you, it's changed so many people's lives. It's impacted so many. And it's going to live on so far beyond me being on this earth. And I am so incredibly proud of of creating something, right? So I just, I really encourage people listening that that idea of perfection is BS, right? Done will always be better than perfect. And ready is a lie. You're never going to be ready for it. It's never going to come out exactly the way you want. And that's the actual magic because 
the mistakes and, and the messiness is what will lead you to those right people that appreciate you and honor you. I don't want to be around people that want to be perfect. Those aren't, that was the lady who fired me. She always wanted to pretend as though she was perfect. Want to pretend as though there was never a problem, never a mess. Those aren't my people. When you start showing up as that real messy version of yourself, you start attracting those right people towards you. And then you feel even better about who you really are. Yeah. I love that. Um, one of my top five strengths is activator. And it's like, I will, I will, I will prefer to test something out and take messy action and just see what happens and then wait and make sure all the ducks are in a row before I start. Cause I just, and then it's like, well, when is it ready? It's not a good time now, you know? So I'm, it's a much better to, for me, it's a better timing to just get going. Um, so I really resonate with that. And it, you know, I wrote a book as well and I had an editor cause grammar is not my thing. And, uh, and it came out and I had someone else read it and she found more stuff. And I'm like, you know what, at this point, I'm just going to put it out. This is a self-published thing. Like if somebody, if a period missing or the wrong type of comma is keeping them from getting the message, they're not my people. Like I can't, <laughs> that's a different thing they're, they want something else from someone else and I'll never be that person for them. And so I actually see books. I, I have, if I saw your heirs, which read that book and I didn't, so that was obviously not what I was looking for to me. When I do see those things, it gives me more permission to just be imperfect, to just do the thing. Like I was listening to another author's audiobook and I love her and she's amazing. And I heard an air in the audiobook where it just repeats a couple of times. And I was like, amazing, full permission. This is a publisher's person who did not catch something. It's not her, you know, it's <laughs> someone didn't get, and like, that means, that means my things can have imperfections and it's not going to keep the message from being out there. So true. So, um, you wrote a second book because you apparently didn't get what I got, which is like, oh my God, writing books are <laughs> so hard. Um, what, uh, what kind of drove you to do that second book? Really the DMS and messages that I received from people from my first book, right? So when people started asking me, when's the second book coming out and wh what's happened since you got fired? Cause my first book really stops at getting fired. So I decided to answer their questions, start the next book at getting fired and show them what I did over the last five years, how I did it and how they can take messy action too. And so really just responding to my community and, and answering what it was that they wanted from me. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Cause, um, where people get, when I hear people are like a little stuck on what to do next, I think it's like, well, what are people asking from you? What is the common conversations you're having? Um, cause that can be the next thing that you do. I know that you're a mom. And we have a lot of women who are moms listening. And I wonder, being, how do you, is there a balance? I obviously don't have a child. So is there a way that you have to balance your running your business, taking on these, changing your career and raising a kid? Yeah, it's not easy, right? I'm a single parent. And for all the single parents out there, whether it's men or women, it, it can be very challenging, especially during the pandemic with, you know, the isolation and the Zoom school and me working from home and him working, you know. It, it's been a trying couple of years, but I knew my attitude around balance is that number one, if I'm taking care of my physical and mental health, first and foremost, right? I put myself first. I don't see that as selfish at all. I see it as selfless because the better I feel, the better I'll be able to take care of my child and anyone else that needs me in the world. So my workout comes first, right? Like my time for the things that I need to do comes first. And as long as those things are happening and I'm sleeping, I can figure out the rest. Every day does not look the same. There's some days, you know, my son's dog drowned during the pandemic and he became depressed. And so oh my God. They, he, that those are those moments in life where it's clear, wait a minute, I got to go all in on this right now. Like he needed me, right? So 
everything had to adjust around that situation. It was very apparent. He's in a very different place now. You know, fast forward two years, he's 15. He's back in school in person. He's playing sports. He's with his friends. He's a lot more independent, but he's got this resiliency that he created through going through these really challenging times. So he doesn't need me 24 seven the way he did two years Mm -hmm. ago. So I'm able to apply more towards work. But there was a window of time there where I had to take a big step back from work and just really go all in to support my child. So I, I guess it's about being present where you are and recognizing that where you're needed is going to change. And, and you know, how can you ebb and flow to make it to keep the business running, but but be the best mother that you can be, especially when your chi- child really needs you. Yeah, I think it all comes back to even with the confidence and with balance, it's just being how are you being present and how you're feeling and what is needed. But I love that you um, say that your workouts and your things for you are coming first, but not be in, in a, not in a selfish way. It's a selfless way because you can't have energy or even be attuned to other people's needs. Even the people who are following you, let alone your son who means so much. If you are not attuned to yourself, you know, like if you're not able to feel like, what do I need for myself today to have this most energy? It's kind of hard for us to then read it in others. Absolutely. So, okay. I, um, one of the things I love that you talk about is you're really in your podcast, you're really great at telling people how certain things happened. And I love that because I think people can look at your podcast, see the guests you have, or look at the places where you've spoken and see these things and go, oh my gosh, like everything just comes so easy. So, <laughs> and, and, and when I hear your stories, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Like, I'm just like, oh, if she has to do it, like, here we go, you know? So, um, what do you, I mean, obviously different things work for other, like different scenarios, but what is, what do you, what is your, what is your way of like trying to figure out how you're going to get people to say yes to you or how you're going to get your name out there? Is there a process that you followed? Is there a mantra you tell yourself? Like, what is it that you're doing? That's like, okay, I'm not going to take no from this person (laughs) because they can't tell me a yes. So how do you, what's that resiliency there? Well, so as I mentioned, I've been in sales my entire life, right? So, and sales is such a blessing. Everybody's in sales, whether they realize it or not. I just knew I always was. I started out as a paper boy when I was nine or 10 years old. I was selling, right? I need people. I wanted people to want my service so I could make money. Mm-hmm. And so from a very young age, I learned that, hey, I'm in sales and I want to get better and better at this. And like anything, the more you do something, the more you're going to have an understanding for it, the more, you know, you apply yourself to it, you find out different techniques and different ways to, you know, accomplish your goals. So I had wanted to be great in sales since the time I was a little kid and I stayed in sales my entire career. So for me, the philosophies around sales are ingrained in me now. And I'm so lucky and blessed for that, right? Because whether you own your own business or you work for someone or your title salesperson or not, you are selling. If you have a podcast, you're trying to sell people to come on your show. Well, one of the biggest, um, number one, sales is a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. So I never, if somebody tells me no, that doesn't phase me because I've received thousands of no's across my career and it didn't ever stop me. A good example of that is I pitched my agent 14 times on 14 different book proposals to sign with her. And she said no to me every single time until lucky number 15. Right. So to me, it's not about the nose. It's about getting to that one. Yes. I just don't give up. The majority of people will give up after one, two or three no's. Mm-hmm. It's about how can I persevere beyond this? So, so that's number one. If sales is a numbers game and don't get discouraged by the numbers. Be almost excited by them because the more no's you get, the closer you're getting to that, that one. Yes. So 
that's how I choose to see getting those. And then, you know, the other thing is oftentimes when people are, are in a situation, let's use the podcast, for example, you want to get so-and-so on your podcast. It's all about putting yourself in their shoes and, you know, how can I solve the problem for them? How can I add value to them? How can I be meaningful to them? Stop making it about ourselves, right? So, so often people reach out and say, oh, can you come on my show? My show is so great. Um, you know, um, so-and-so would love to have you. That doesn't really mean anything to me versus I get some people that reach out to me. Hey, Heather, here's a screenshot of the review I just left of your podcast. I love the episode with blah, blah, blah. You're talking my language. You're talking my creation that I, you know, bring to market every week. You you supported me by giving me a review. You sent me the proof that you actually did it. Now you're specifically giving me feedback on an actual episode. And I can tell by the feedback you're giving me, you listen to it, right? Like you're, you're my people. So now you're in my, you've got my attention. So it's all about how can we add value? How can, you know, we show up to support somebody else, add value to them and put ourselves in their shoes. And when you can start looking through that lens, you can start connecting with people. You can start getting their attention and engaging in a, in a conversation with them. And at that point, you know, you're developing some trust. People do business with people they know, like, and trust, but you've got to establish that trust, add value. And when you start doing things like that, you see doors start opening for you. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I mean, I, I was in sales um, before Pilates. It's actually what I, I thought I was going to be in high-end accessory jewelry and fashion my whole career. That's what I, that's what I thought. I have an entire room of jewelry and hats because I'd still like my thing that draws me. And then uh, then Pilates took over my life. And, and I was, people always asking, how are you getting so many clients? I'm not good at sales. I'm like, I'm not selling them Pilates. Like I'm finding out what do they need? Cause yes, I want them to be a client, but why should they be a client of mine? Like, what do I have to offer for them? And then it's just about connecting what they want, what I have. And then we go down that road. And with, with, um, having this podcast, it is, it is this interesting thing where it's a different type of need. I'm like, I, of course, want to share people with my audience because I have a killer. They're just amazing women. They're so cool. And I'm so lucky to have them. But it can't just be, I know they're amazing. You don't know they're amazing yet, <laughs> you know? And so it's about how, what do, when I look at people who I want to talk to them and I know can serve my audience and my audience can go take, take more from them. It's like, how can we, how can we put those two together? And you mentioned building a relationship and trust. And one of the things Brad and I like to talk about with people we coach is like, it's like dating. When you're at the bar, the guy who's like comes up to kiss you right away, you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're scaring me. Whereas the person is like, I really like your shirt, <laughs> you know, do you come here often? You're like, oh, hello. Like you listen and you start to build the trust and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll go and have a coffee with you another day. You know, it's really something that I think um, people forget that we're not different types of people in different scenarios and that everybody wants to feel trust, wants to have trust and feel seen. and and you want people to feel like they know you and they care about you and it's not just about them. So I thank you for sharing that process um, and how you, how you think about it. What are you working on next? Cause you've got the books, your public speaking is coming up. We're just on Dr. Phil. Like, is there something that you haven't achieved yet that you're working towards or are you, are you settling in and loving where you're at? <laughs> no, I never settle in and love where I'm at. You know, <laughs> I have, I have so many different ideas, you know, before the pandemic hit, I was working with E on a show. I was working with Bravo on a potential show. So I've been re-engaged in some talks recently about potentially doing a show. I have been chasing Reese Witherspoon for three years to make my first book into a movie. I am still on that like white on rice. 
I am I'm I created a product that um, is not out yet, but will be coming out in the next couple of months that I want to get to marketplace that I'm so excited about. So that should be coming out in the next couple of months. It's just a little slow in production. Then I had an app company come to me recently that wanted to partner about doing, you know, daily messaging, creating community. So that's something that I'm looking at. There's so many different projects that I'm constantly working on and some of them fall apart and fail and, and nothing comes out of it. You know, I had a clothing line that fell apart. I had a skincare line that fell apart, but then a lot of them, like my books or my podcast, you know, come together and work out incredibly well. So it's sort of that idea that as long as I'm moving things forward, as long as I'm doing good in the world, as long as I'm shining light to inspire other people to shine their light, all will be well and it will work out exactly as it's meant to be. Mm, this is so fun. Okay. All of these things are really exciting. Many of them you've never probably done before, even though you had this incredible career. So what, do you, how do you, how do you, how, what is like, how do you step into the process of being a person who's creating a, a skincare line or an app or a clothing line? Is it, is it research? Is it just taking that messy action? Like you said earlier, what, what are you, what are you telling yourself to get yourself ready for those things? Well, the, for me, it just, it's about the possibility. I don't have to know the whole plan. I don't know. How, I didn't know how to write a book when I first wrote a book, right? I didn't know how to record a podcast when I first recorded a podcast. I didn't know how, how to be a board member before I was appointed the board of directors of health. Like, like I don't know how to do any of this stuff, but you know, what? I look back at my career and I remember when I was nine years old, I didn't know how to be a chief revenue officer, but I knew I got there. Right. So mm -hmm. it's all about, instead of saying, what is the master plan and, and how, what are the appropriate steps to take to get there? It's about taking that action step forward and seeing where it goes. And what I mean by that is, this is a good example. When I got fired, I wanted to partner with a big company and I love clothes and I wanted a clothing line. And I knew I wanted to get it on QVC and because I could sell. And so if I, they could put me on camera and allow me to sell, I could make millions for me and a, and a partner. I knew I wanted to partner because I wanted a big marquee brand. So I tracked down the CEO of Perry Ellis International, got to him, pitched him my idea. He loved it. We signed a deal. We started working for nine months together on this clothing line. I got us a meeting with QVC. I didn't know how any of it's going to work out, but I just believe this is a viable business idea. This is something that can help people. And I know if I can get on air, I can sell it. So again, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know anything about clothes. So I, I picked a partner that did, right? In that situation, it made more sense to bring a partner in versus doing it on my own. Um, so, you know, being open to the possibilities and open to, if they had said no, I could have gone to somebody else. And so after nine months, you know, we got our decks together. We got the product line together. I got the meeting with QVC. We went in and did the pitch and QVC said, Heather, we get why you. We understand that you'd be great on camera. However, this product looks very similar to too many things that we already have on air. We're going to have to um, pass on this, come back if you have something unique. And that was a tough lesson learned for me in that sometimes when you go all in on one thing and it's taking a lot of your time, a lot of your resources, you know, and, and you end up not executing on it in the end, you can be frustrated. But it also taught me that I don't know if I don't do a clothing line later on in my career. How do I? Maybe that is going to be a building block for me to understand, or maybe that's a building block that I go back with this new product that I created on my own and I bring that to QVC because now I have a rapport and relationship there and I know what they're looking for, right? So you can't connect the dots until you're looking back. Mm -hmm. You can't connect the dots looking forward. So you have to move forward basically with that faith that I'm not sure why that didn't work out. I'm disappointed that it didn't, but something tells me in the future, I'm going to be able to look back at that and see how that taught me something or led me a different direction that I wouldn't have been set up for otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really about moving forward in that faith and taking that action and being open to possibilities and the what ifs and that those fails might redirect you to that right place you wouldn't have gone otherwise. Yeah. I 
I've been telling myself since I think I heard a version of this, but I've been trying to find it. Um, like what is for me will not pass me. And it was in 2013. I had a lot of friends worried about me and for good reason, thank goodness for them. But I left the person I was with for five years. I left. And I was like, I cannot live here until I find another place. I just have to go and I'll just couch surf in LA. I'll just, <laughs> just, I have enough friends with enough couches. I don't have to overstay my welcome. And I uh, uh, was leaving his house and I totaled my car and I was like, nope, I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still doing this. And then the place that I rented space for my, my whole private income came from was closing. And I was like, okay, just keep taking whatever I don't need to have right now because I don't really want to get attached. I don't want to find an apartment next to a studio that doesn't exist anymore. I'm just going to wait till it's all, take it all, take it all, and I'll find it. And what's so crazy is in that homeless moment with a rental car waiting to find a place to teach, Los Angeles Magazine called and said, hey, you, you're, you're the best Pilates instructor in LA. We're giving you that award. We want to put you in the magazine. Where is your studio? And I was like, oh, okay, let me get back to you. And when's the party? And I'll be there. And I was like, this is so insane. Like, you, it's, uh, if you are open to possibilities, as you mentioned a few times, and you don't get so hung up on what didn't work out, it's kind of crazy what it leads you down. And it was that summer was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would never have met the husband I'm with now if I hadn't had that experience. And because I would never have dated a musician. <laughs> have been like, no way that I need someone with a little bit more security, but I survived insecurity. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. So I think, I think it is so easy when you get really dialed in nine months on a project that you, like you said, and to go, oh, and it didn't work out to be so devastated, but you have to pick up and, and know that that was not for nothing. Like that experience taught you so much about the next opportunity where there's another clothing line, or maybe it is a makeup line and you go back to QVC. I mean, who knows what that is? So that is so cool. Um, okay, Heather. I just think that you're a rock star. You know that already, but um, I think there's a lot you're going to do on this planet. And I'm really so grateful to share you with everyone. We're going to take a moment and then we're going to find out where people can follow you, listen to your podcast and your beat action items. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. 
I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. What, uh, where is your favorite place to hang out? Is Instagram, your website, your podcast, where can people find you? Oh my gosh. My podcast is called Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. I drop two episodes a week. Please go check it out. It's so good. Uh, my book is Confidence Creator. The first one, the second one's Overcome Your Villains. It, you can find them anywhere where you get your books. My website's heathermonahan.com. I'm all over every social media platform. It's crazy ad nauseum and, um, yeah, you can DM me or, or send me a note anywhere. You might be one parent who's on social more than their kid. Oh, way more <laughs> than my kid. Oh, my gosh. Way more than my kid, for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, amazing. Well, everyone, please do follow her, subscribe, listen to her podcast, share it. Before I let you go. I love to ask bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps that people can take to be it till you see it. I know you've given us lots of great stories, but any tips that you have that they can take action on today? Yeah, I'll give the three-step process that I share in my new book, Overcome Your Villains. It's called Back, Beliefs, Action, and Knowledge. And in this three-step process will not fail you. Number one, when you are faced with a situation, for example, I got fired. My belief was, I've lost everything. No. You need to distill that belief down to the most simplistic shred of fact that there is. When I did that, I realized I lost a paycheck. I didn't lose anything else, right? Number two, action, immediately take action. So step one, distill the belief to the most simplistic shred of fact that there is. You'll feel the pressure come off. Number two, take immediate action. For me, I posted on social media. I've just been fired. If I've ever helped you in any way, I need to hear from you now. That post landed me on the Elvis Duran show, which completely changed my life, right? So number one, distill the belief to the simplistic shred of fact that there is. Number two, take action immediately. And number three, be really intentional about the knowledge, okay? Knowledge that you surround yourself with. Don't just consume information. Don't just take advice about work from your mother if your mom's not in business, right? Be really intentional about who you are asking for advice from, who you are following on social media, what books you're reading, what content that you're accessing because it has a massive impact on the way that you think, behave, and those next action steps and beliefs that you'll hold as a result. Mm. Oh, I love this. I love that so much. Thank you very much for that. And I also love a good acronym around here. Everyone, how are you going to use these tips in your life? B-A-K. Please do us a favor, tag the B-A-P-O-N, tag Heather Monahan. Let us know. It not only gets into her DMs and lets her know how, like what you loved about this and what your takeaways are. It actually helps other people. So if you are wanting your friends and family to actually also be seeking out the things and getting the things that they want in their life, your, your post could actually be the thing that does that. So thank you so much for listening, Heather. Thank you for being here and everyone until next time, be it till you see it. episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. 
One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. The Atelier Seat is a production of Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Crowell. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Mesh Herico, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can't. And to Angelina Herico for transcribing each episode so you can find it on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beapod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.